Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very accomplished tech entrepreneur and professional from Norway, Ilin Hoeke. Ilin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm Thank so you. much looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Ilin is an artificial intelligence and business strategist, a professional speaker, and a board director. So, Ilan, before we start talking about AI, uh, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Right. So, I grew up in the Norwegian countryside in a labor-class family mm -hmm. and wondered what to become when I grew up. I ended up studying physics and maths and then doing another master's degree in applied maths. Mm -hmm. And then kind of by coincidence, I ended up in the insurance industry. Wow. So I worked in the insurance industry for about a decade. And then I realized that, okay, 10 years in insurance, maybe time to do something else. So I left and I started building my own company. Mm -hmm. And then at some point it was time to go back to being employed. And then what do you do when you've been working in the, in the insurance industry for a decade? Well, go to the consulting industry because mm -hmm. then you can work across industries, right? Correct. So then I ended up in the IT and consulting industry, worked there for a few years, and then eventually started my own business again and have been doing that since 2019. How wonderful. And now let's move to artificial intelligence and business strategy. Let me start by quoting you and you say that the future of artificial is intelligence is not human less, it is human more. Help me understand this statement uh, with an example. Right. So I'll modify it a little bit and I say it's our responsibility as humans mm -hmm. to design the future of technology and the future yeah. of AI to mm -hmm. be human more, not human less. Mm -hmm. And with that, I mean that we need to take responsibility to develop these technologies in a way that enhances humanity and leverages our capabilities, but that still respects and embraces humanity and our human capabilities mm -hmm. and what is special to humans. Right, right. We need to design that. It can't just happen happen by coincidence, right? We need to take that responsibility mm. to make it. Very interesting. And, you know, AI has now in the last, I would say, seven, you know, 18 odd months become a part of every individual's uh, vocabulary. And I'm sure when you started, it was not much talked about. Now with ChatGPT, everyone's talking about it. Yes. So my question is, how do you envision the role of artificial intelligence evolving in the next decade? Oh, a decade is a very long time in this space, right? So let's start with the next Few three years. to five years. <laughs> let's okay. start there, right? And right now, thanks to ChatGPT to a large extent, mm -hmm. there's a lot of hype. And I would also say a lot of hysteria in the market. People don't really understand. Mm. Generative AI comes across as scaring, exciting, mm. both at the same time. And right now, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of fuss, a lot of struggle to align humans 
with technology. We're afraid that a lot of jobs are going to disappear and people are going to be unemployed and they're going to wreak havoc and is going to take over the world and singularity is coming to take us all. Mm. But let's be a bit more pragmatic. Mm. I think we will spend the next at least couple of years finding the role that AI can play in our everyday lives in a smooth way that just becomes a natural part of our lives. Mm. And this also plays into what I said, as designing technology to be human more, not human less. Mm. It needs to be a part of our lives in mm. a way that feels natural. And, and then together with that, we will also see the need to develop regulation, right. which is a completely new territory, right? We haven't done this before. And all regions of the world are now struggling to define what should regulation be mm. in our region. Right. And we will see over the next, I'd say, three to five years, mm -hmm. because it takes a bit of time to develop regulation. And then when it's developed and we agree on it, it takes a bit of time to implement it. So we will need maybe three to five years to get a framework of regulation across mm. the globe mm -hmm. that that will protect the values mm. and humanity uh, in relation to technology. Mm. So that will take us a bit of time. Correct. And then I think we will settle a bit more and we will get used to the role of AI. And I think we will have a bit more, the waters will calm down a bit in a way. Yeah. Well said. Great Absolutely, great response. But the converse to your response is that what in your opinion, are some of the potential risks or dangers associated with AI? Oh, there are several, right? So let's talk about some main categories. The obvious first and maybe most important one is bias mm -hmm. and the risk of discrimination mm -hmm. and intrusive practices. Mm -hmm. And there are several reasons for why this is a huge problem. Mm. But I think that is the biggest danger. And this is also why we do need regulation, because you can't just leave that to voluntary frameworks. Mm. You do need regulation that states in our region, mm. this is the way we will operate. And right. that will be a bit different across regions, but still mm. we do need regulation to prevent intrusive and discriminatory practices. Mm. And then there's another perspective to data and that is IP. Correct. Because these large generative models, they uh, they digest a lot of data mm. and it's tempting to use whatever data you find, even though you might not have the right to use it. Mm. And we know that the current generative AI models probably are trained on data they shouldn't have used. And moving forward, I think this whole domain of IP will become so much more important. Mm -hmm. It's always been important, but now we also need much more consciousness around how we develop protective measures around IP. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, cybersecurity has always been an issue in the digital sphere, mm -hmm. but it gets a new dimension now with AI and generative AI in particular. One mm -hmm. is, of course, prompt engineering, where you can 
jailbreak the guardrails. Hmm. So whichever way you build up these generative AI models with prompt hmm. engineering, you can get around it, hmm. which means that you can actually make these models do things that they are defined not to do. Correct. And then you get phishing and scamming on hmm. steroids because hmm. it's so much easier to fool people. Correct. You have deep and images and just also the the ingenuity in how these scams are designed. And then there's a third perspective to the cybersecurity threat that we might not think that much about, and that is pollution of data. Mm-hmm. And simply because these large generative models are trained on data mm-hmm. that it finds somewhere. It is fed data, it trains on it. Uh, all AI models work that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you pollute the data that are being fed mm. to these models, you can significantly distort the mm-hmm. function of the model. Mm. And this might also pose a significant cybersecurity threat. Mm. Then there's another perspective that really is about sustainability. Mm-hmm. We tend to think that anything digital is sustainable because these data are just floating wirelessly around in the air, mm. not leaving any footprints, or maybe they do. Mm. We know that these large AI models require a lot of electricity. Mm. So first of all, the amount of electricity, and then we get into the entire data center discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's the source of electricity. What yep. kind of electricity is it? Fossil fuels, renewables. Mm. Mm. Uh, and then there's a hardware end because any digital process has a hardware, actually two hardware ends at least, and there mm. might be hardware several places during the value mm. chain. Mm. And hardware, like any electronic gadget, has a significant environmental mm. footprint. Um, both the semiconductor industry and the amount of electrical waste produced from the IT industry Mm. is horrendous. Mm. So, yes, we do argue that AI can definitely be used to increase sustainability of many industries. Absolutely. has to do with optimization of resources Mm -hmm. in general. But we also do need to discuss the sustainability issues that come with Mm. these technologies Mm. and of course let's also add the human factor of labeling data Mm. which typically ends up in the global south Mm. and a lot of people are put to work doing like terrible jobs labeling extremely problematic data Mm. for example well said but you know you spoke about uh phishing, you spoke about deep fakes, uh, you've also been speaking about data. My question is, how will AI impact privacy and data securities? And what measures measures should be taken uh, to address some of these concerns? Oh, yeah, big question. How much time do we have? <laughs> right. Well, obviously, again, yeah. AI models uh, in general uh, and generative AI models, like the next generation of AI models in particular, they need a lot of data. Mm. And the more data they get, the better it is for the models. Um, And for very many purposes, Mm. these models are fueled by data about us as individuals. Mm. And we can talk about 
our personal digital twins, actually, in this digital space, right. in particular within sales, marketing, mm -hmm. health, talent acquisition. Mm -hmm. We build profiles, digital profiles around an individual. So that's mm -hmm. what I mean by a personal digital twin. Mm -hmm. And in that context, we need data about the individual. Mm -hmm. uh, to which extent are we allowed to do that? And does the individual understand what kind of data he, she has provided and what it will be used for? Right. Now, when you have the GDPR legislation, so the General Data Protection Regulation, mm -hmm. we have the coming AI Act. Um, that sets out a framework for how to deal with personal data. Mm -hmm. But this also comes down to our personal understanding, what we as individuals understand about giving away data. Do I understand what it means to me that I give away my data in any given context? Mm -hmm. And which control do I have over that? One thing is that I give a consent, mm -hmm. but do I understand the consent? Right. And on the other side, if I had been a provider, a developer of AI models, mm -hmm. you know, the way these models work is that as you explore, you test, um, you model, you develop, and then you see, oh, here's a new perspective or a new angle or a new mm -hmm. use case mm -hmm. but legally to be able to do that you will have to ask for a new set of consents correct so i believe that we will see a new generation of consent technologies maybe also blockchain based there are some examples in the market like the swedish igrant.io mm -hmm. they develop like blockchain based technologies to enable users to control their own data mm -hmm. in a much more forward or future looking way mm. for example within healthcare this is extremely important because i do want to give my data away mm. when i see the benefit for myself mm. but i don't want to do that if i believe that it might be abused right so the entire development of ai models also requires a new generation of data privacy and consent technologies mm. that's it and uh, Ellen, what, in your opinion, which are some of the specific industries or sectors that you believe will be most transformed by AI? I think this is a question that will have different answers depending on which region Absolutely. the person comes from. Yeah. So I will have to give my answer based on the fact that I am Norwegian and I live in Norway. Yeah. And I see the world from my Norwegian Correct. perspective. Absolutely. And being a Norwegian, we have a large maritime sector. Mm. Shipping industry is quite large. And we know that the shipping industry worldwide mm. is responsible for quite a lot of pollution. Mm. It's about fuel consumption. And I think this is a great example of where AI can be used to optimize mm -hmm. resources or fuel consumption, to be very specific, right. in this industry. And right. that is, I think, really important for the environment. Mm. We also have a large aquaculture yeah. industry, fish mm. farming, which many other countries around the world also do. And we also know that fish farming isn't necessarily sustainable. Mm. It has potentially a huge consequence for the environment mm. in, in the location where the farm is. Correct. And using AI, uh, and in particular, in combination with IoT, so sensor technologies and 
imaging technologies underwater uh, is very likely and has already be pr been proven to contribute to optimization again of resources used, but also to reduce the risks of illnesses and pollution mm. and also loss of production. Mm. Mm. Healthcare is again a very important industry for AI. So yeah. my background as a physicist um, is particular within biophysics and medical imaging technologies. Right. So of course that's quite close to my heart and my background. And I really do believe in the use of AI within healthcare and medicine. I think that can to a large extent both scale, simplify and improve healthcare services on a global scale, mm -hmm. because it will also make it possible to provide medical services in areas where there might not be enough doctors and nursing staff. Mm, well said. So that was three. I think that yeah. that's good for today, no, no, right? No, absolutely. Great response. And, you know, you spoke about uh, fishing and you also spoke about sustainability. But how can AI be leveraged to drive sustainable development and address some of the global challenges that we face? Well, again, I think that's to a large extent back to optimization of resources mm -hmm. in many industries. Right. So in any industry manufacturing process, for example, or in shipping, in, in agriculture, mm. uh, pesticide, uh, fertilizers. Uh, not so many years ago, the solution was to just pour more fertilizers or pesticides mm. into the fields to prevent loss of yield or illnesses or infestation of bugs. But through using AI, we can optimize resources so mm. that we use enough, but not more than enough, more than we need, mm. because that has an environmental footprint. Uh, also the same, as I said, in shipping industry, use enough resources, but not more than we need. Mm. And I think there's so many industries around the world where we can use AI for optimization purposes mm -hmm. uh, and also to collect information. And uh, I think our oceans is a very, very important example because we really need to monitor and understand our oceans. Mm. Like pollution over our oceans is a huge problem for our future. Mm even just plastic changes in the climate that will have significant consequences for mm. Norway mm. <laughs> on a very specific yeah, level. Uh, so the use of AI and IoT to understand what's happening, monitoring, will also enable us to act earlier in a more efficient way. Mm. Uh, and of course, any kind of industry, as I said. Right. And I think maybe one industry that i that, that is really close to my passion is waste management mm -hmm. because waste is destroying our planet and if we can use ai mm -hmm. in combination in combination with iot mm -hmm. we can hopefully improve how we do waste management instead of just shipping mm -hmm. waste from global north to global south which mm -hmm. is not a solution to anything amazing Amazing. Well said. So, Ilan, I have time for two more questions for you. My next question is that 
if you look at the adoption of AI, uh, and we're still, I think, in very early stages from the perspective of the common human being, how do you see the adoption happening between governments and in the private sector? Step one is competence. Mm -hmm. So a huge part of my role as a speaker mm -hmm. on an international scene mm -hmm. is to help my audiences understand what is AI really about. Mm. Because as long as we have these inflated understandings and misunderstandings of what AI is and is not, we don't manage to have useful discussions mm. around adoption. Mm. So we really need to take the discussion down, talk about data, digital processes, using maths and statistics mm. on this data for good and for bad, because there are opportunities, but there are also problems. And mm. we really need to build that understanding mm. on a top management or executive level, on a political level, within the bureaucracy. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's about understanding. Mm. But then it's also about aligning strategy in AI. And I see mm. a lot of leaders trying to reach for a new domain called AI strategy, and mm. they consider it as something new, mm. but it is not. One should look at AI as a new toolbox mm. that you can use to develop and execute and inform the strategy of the business or the organization or the government. Mm. So you really need to consider AI as a toolbox, not mm. as a strategy. Hmm. Well said. And my last question to you, uh, Elin, and this is for the many, many young people who will listen to our conversation. You know, there is a general fear and every few weeks or you know, days I see an article where someone says I lost 90% of my income because of chat GPT or something like that. Um, I wanted to get your perspective on what you think are three interesting lessons uh, that you think a lot of our young viewers and listeners should take away from your own amazing understanding of AI? Okay. So I think the first one is that AI is here to stay mm -hmm. and it's not magic. It's just a natural extension Correct. of big data, digital transformation, mm -hmm. and now we apply maths and statistics to those data to do something useful with it. We call it AI, machine mm -hmm. learning. Correct. So it is here to stay. Hmm. And by that, I also mean that there's no point in fighting it, but you need to find your position hmm. alongside it. Hmm. And that brings me to the next key takeaway, which hmm. is just to repeat that AI is a toolbox. Hmm. And it's up to you to decide whether you want Correct. to be a master or a victim of that toolbox. Mm. Yes, jobs will change. Correct. Some jobs will disappear, mm. but a whole new set of jobs Correct. will appear. And we will have like a whole new domain of jobs to be done. Mm. And it's up to you, each and one, to decide whether you want to take that toolbox and develop your skill set mm. in that new domain. Cybersecurity as a hint, will be a huge industry needing a lot of people moving forward. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think that leads me also to my third key takeaway. And that is that education is no longer something you do at the beginning of your 20s. And then you think you're done. Yeah. That's history. Moving forward, education is something that we will continue doing all the way through our career. Yeah. And not just in terms of micro learning, uh, a podcast here, a small course there, Mm. but entirely new degrees maybe at some point uh, and really having to dig down mm. deep into new domains at some point at a later stage in your career so that's why i have for my own part started studying law mm. i might never become an attorney or a lawyer I, that's mm. not even important to me i have a couple of master's degrees i don't mm. need a new degree mm. but i do need expertise in a new domain and that expertise requires more from me than just a podcast here and now and every now and then I actually need to sit down and spend quite a lot of time learning a new set of tricks well said well said and on that note and your three amazing lessons AI is here to stay it's not magic it's just an extension and find your position alongside I think that's so powerful Second, you said was so interesting, which is AI is a toolbox. Be a master, not a victim. And I remember um, when you also said, you know, jobs will go, but there'll be other jobs that will get created. I remember in 1979, 1980, when computers were just coming in, people used to say computers will take away all the jobs. And sure enough, they did take away the so-called typist pool that used to be there in most large organizations. But then people readjusted. And I think your advice is fantastic. And the third one, I think, is very, very wise words indeed, which is education is lifelong learning. Uh, You don't stop after you're 20. Uh, You just have to keep on enriching your own self uh, as you go along. Thank you, Elin, for speaking to me about your journey, about so many different aspects of artificial intelligence, We didn't get a chance to speak about the second part of your conversation or your specialism, which is business strategy, but maybe we'll do that some other day. Artificial intelligence is such a fascinating uh, subject, but thank you for speaking to me and good luck. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.